I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at DDDNFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group, at Chicken Pickings. And as usual, I'm joined by my old buddy, my old pal, after somewhat of a hiatus, for the two of us, because it's been pretty manic trying to organise this trip, it's at Ryan Peacock NFL. What's going on, buddy? It has been pretty manic, and the uh, reason for that being is we, we kind of forgot to get ourselves booked on the trip that we did. Yeah. Is, it, is that fair? That's fair, yeah. Yeah, so basically we made sure everybody else was good, and then we kind of went, uh, it's like three and a half weeks till we go to Green Bay, and uh, we, you know, we're not actually booked on it yet. So the other night there was a bit of a mad scramble to get some things sorted out, to finalise some plans for all sorts of meetups in Green Bay, and to get me and Steve actually booked on the trip, and yeah. that's kind of why the other night, so apologies, um, but we thought, obviously, our presence on the trip, probably the main reason you all booked, is, uh, you know, it's quite important. No show of ego there from Ryan Peter, <laughs> NFL. Well, you know, yeah, apart from everything else. Yeah. But it's only one of many meetups. And do you know what? We got a bit of gypped at me about our meetups this year. Because every yes. time we go to London and it's the first year, it doesn't bother me because I'm from Dublin. So, but it's, you know, we got given out around it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. A little bit. So, uh, basically, everybody wanted some, uh, some meetups outside of London. And um, hopefully some of the London guys will come up to the meetups that we've put around the country now and and, and in Dublin, um, because we've all been coming down to your way. So I think you owe us. But yeah, we did get some jit. Yeah. There may be some London meetups, but I don't know where. But it's really cheap. So meetup uh, meetups this year, Dublin, really cheap to get over from any airport. You can get over for under. I checked flights the other day, forty six quid from Luton to Dublin. That's a return. Pricey. Unreal. Price. Six euro more than I thought. Now, there you go. Like, for under 50 quid. And to get to Dublin... So, to go from Dublin to Cork, it's 50 euro. For me to get from Dublin to one of the meets is in Manchester is, I believe, 40 euro, 39.98. So, it's cheaper for me to get to Manchester for the meetup, which is great. London was always a nice, cheap option. And we're going to... um, So, what's that? Dublin? Manchester, Green Bay, a little bit more pricey. You're not going to get there for thirty nine ninety eight. There are still spots available, as me and Ryan proved. Uh, that would have been bad, Ryan, wouldn't it? If we would have knocked on Sports Travel Tour's door and said to them, that sounded great, it was fun to say, by the way, and said to them, uh, right, Andy, time to book the trip. And he said, no spots left, mate. That wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have been the best. Uh, to, I'd have still gone, but we'd have just had to sit outside and listen on the wireless. Yeah. Back in the 1950s. Yeah. Back for those younger listeners that have never heard what a wireless is, ask your, I would say your mother, but ask you, your nan. Or your mother, maybe you're a 60-year-old listening to this. Maybe you yourself are at a super advanced age and a bit, you know, a bit advanced to be listening to podcasts. Do you but know, anyway. I reckon, I reckon, oh, I'm, going to take, I'm going to take the mick out of it, man. He's going to message us as soon as he is. But I reckon Steve Hale, I reckon he's out there, he's still referring to a radio as a wireless. Yeah. Just just a feeling I get. And cinema as the talkies. <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's not going to like us for that one. No. Well, Felt like we're going to have to buy him a beer in Green Bay to make up for it. That's his fault for being so old. Like that song, you know. Whoa. No, but hold on. <laughs> hold on, though. Yeah, but that's what we're saying, right? It's like, it's not a secret that we take the piss out of him about the wireless and then we, you know, say he's just, you know, he's the grandfather of the UK. But no, we're, we're really digging him. I never we're, said that, Steve. We're digging him, aren't we? I'm sharing a hotel room with this guy. Don't give me this. Come on. Oh, even better. Yeah, Steve, you would not believe this stuff. That Ryan was saying about you in pre-prod when we were discussing this. But no, yeah, no. um, you were just jealous because he bought me a burger once and we're sharing a hotel room and you're just well jail, bruv. Well jail, yeah. But come here, look, we've we've kind of talked Packers uncharacteristically early in this podcast. How are you, buddy? Me? I'm all right. What's going on? Um, what are you doing these weekends now that you're not doing flag because you've got dumped out with a big fat donut? Well, I did do some training this morning, wore my UK and Irish Packers jersey, obviously, nice. to uh, to do some stuff there. But uh, then I watched West Ham and Manchester United. Uh, as a West Ham fan, that didn't go so well. Yeah. Um, and you as a Man United fan probably loved that. But uh, yeah, it's good to see that West Ham still don't have a clue how to play football, um, keep setting themselves up in the wrong formation and believe in players that are past it. Um, but apart from that, you know, any time... I don't know. I'm almost already in the Billich out camp 
but this is probably way off topic by now. It's probably because you put hashtag Billich out on Twitter. I saw it. But come here, I did see a comment underneath your Facebook where someone got on and said something about Manchester United and you said you're probably one of... What What was the comment? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So Matt, Ink, uh, Matt Inkster, he is a Patriots fan that's come to our Green Bay Packers meetups yeah. and listens to our podcast every week. So big shout out to you. Uh, probably As does the, Tom Brady, of course, but sure. Yeah, Talk about probably one. Of, yeah, but you're one of the Patriots fans we like. So, uh, sorry, Tom, we don't like him. Um, but he he said some comment, tried to be funny, and I just responded with something, I can't remember exactly, but are you another one of those million miles away Manc fans? That's all I said. And then, you see, I was a Manchester United fan, I, you know, growing up on it. But that, I've, Ryan, I, that hurt. Do you know why it hurt? Go on. Because you're one half the UK Packers. We don't live in Green Bay. I mean, you can't use that <laughs> defence anymore. I know. All right? I know. That's all I'm saying. I know. It was just it was um yeah it was a comment made. <laughs> in anger. You know it's it's kind of like I don't know it's that's the worst offence ever. It's kind of like you got called coming out of some young one's house. Well you know it happened. Yeah. Did we not get? Do you remember back in the early years of doing UK and Irish Packers where we uh, we we were started off by tweeting some stuff. We talked about the game. We talked about going on our very first Green Bay Packers tour mm. three years ago, and we had. Uh, and this is very, very. It's, I think this is the only ever time we had some negative feedback. And a guy said, "You can't be Green Bay Packers fans. You don't even live in America." And uh, this was the best thing. I went on the uh, profile to have a look at it, and if, if I remember, I'm pretty sure he had a Chelsea, uh, oh. a Chelsea toffin on on his profile. And I, I didn't even, didn't even answer back. But we couldn't be Green Bay fans because we weren't from America. Yeah, this guy was a Chelsea fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. Look, I made a I made a comment in in anger. Um, very disappointed with the performance, and and that's where I was. <laughs> but yeah, we did get that at the start. That we kind of like, oh, look at these lads over there supporting. I was like, listen, all right. Well, first off, I'm pretty sure now. Maybe it's changed. I know Lance Kendricks is from Wisconsin, right? But let's face it, what, 99.9% of the, that probably percentage doesn't work out, but I'm not going to embarrass myself, of the players aren't from Green Bay who play for Green Bay, so that's not that weird. Um, and then second off, if we're going to do it like that, do you like you too? Yeah, you can't listen to them. You're not Irish. Sorry. You have to turn that CD off. That record. Mm-hmm. If Steve, if you're listening, turn the vinyl off. You're not allowed <laughs> to listen to it. This is so unfair. I can't believe you're doing this to this man. Oh. He's coming over to Green Bay too. It's not good, man. No, it's not, not good. good. He likes it. He's look. He's one of the bros. But come here. Uh, preseason happened, and we got on better than West Ham when they're trying to play at their best. Um, who any team that signs Arnautovic or whatever his name is, who looks like, you know, a horse is continuously shagging his uh, handbag. He looks depressed all the time. Anyone who's going to sign that guy, I mean, you get what you deserve. Liked, but anyway, I liked that signing. But today, the first three free kicks he took for twenty-four million didn't beat the first man and went straight to the opposition. Yeah. He's a dog. Money well spent. He just said he attacks his own teammates and everything. The guys, you know, even his mother doesn't like him, I'd say. I think she's rooting against him. She went out and bought a Man United jersey when she found out that he signed for West Ham. They're going to play his in week one. Anyway, right. pre season, we got on better. Um, there's a lot of talking points to this, an awful lot of overreactions online. Um, I'm going to do some overreaction today as well. Oh, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. Go on. Go on. What? Uh, ben Shayrod bring in uh, Mr. Hill? <laughs> What, what, Taysom Hill are leading Russia on the night? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk running game later. Mm. And uh, your Ben King, Mr. Tackle. <laughs> missed at tackle. He uh, missed, missed some coverage. Missed, missed some tackles. Missed, missed tackle. The but, one thing know. he did get, though, he got a good old strong arm in the face. Um, he got that. Yeah. He laid a smack of down on somebody as well, which was quite cool. Yeah, that was nice. He looked pissed off a bit. But yeah, let, let's talk King, okay? Because there's an awful lot of stuff going around about him. Uh, people saying, oh, well, he's not ready. And Joe Witt did come out, and we mentioned this on a previous podcast, that, and I said it on on the radio as well, and I didn't read it anywhere, but I was sort of thinking of you, and I was thinking of my childhood friend <laughs> growing up, big, tall dude. You tend to be intimidated naturally by someone who's bigger. So this guy's six foot three, six foot four, is intimidating to look at anyway. And I was glad that Joe Witt looked at it the same way, that he's a deterrent when you look at him. Um. 
but we did see him get tested in this game because I thought that you know when he when he hits the pros it's going to be even the more sort of experienced quarterback will know I'm not going to throw it into that area uh the same way as kind of Richard Sherman has garnered that respect if you know where he's roaming you tend to maybe move your reads away from that area of the field because you know that it's a more sort of risky risky play but Ryan he certainly didn't show in the preseason game and I know it's only a preseason game and I'm not dogging him about it and there has been this is where most of the overreaction is after the game in fact that I don't know I, I think people saw King as kind of like de facto number two Devon House number one King number two he was slotted in there and he was going to show yeah. the rest of the lads how to play there's a lot to be said for experience right and this kid is showing that he's just has got that experience and he needs to get that experience the only way to get it play him to play minutes yeah exactly that so I think he still will start the season as a starting cornerback um, last night was the first time he's exposed to a, an opposing NFL offense it's very well doing the minutes in in uh, in practice and to be fair, I even heard comments this week that uh, the minutes in practice are almost more important than the minutes in preseason because you're playing against high-level opposition if you're playing one offense versus one defense, which is why the likes of uh, Jordy and Rogers and so on won't play in those preseason games. So I've kind of heard that bit, but I think this is the first time where uh, King's playing against something he maybe hasn't seen, uh, playing against players um, which match up equally to him um, that can negate his size and presence factor. Mm. Um, and yeah, there were times where it didn't look brilliant, but let's not be phased by that. We've got, it's preseason for a reason. Um, it's preseason because players need to get used to playing in systems. Players need to get used to uh, playing against, uh, especially rookies need to come out and, and play against NFL level talent rather than college level talent. So there's lots of things going on. There's lots of theory to put into practice. There's now going to be film from the game for them to go back and study. And I think you'll see an improvement next week. There was plenty he did good as well. But obviously, uh, as is as is kind of natural for a human being to do, focus on the negatives. And so people kind of remember that those negative things. Um, so I think we'll be fine over the next few weeks. And, and he'll be just fine. He'll start the season as a starter. Yeah, because Kevin King could have that... Um you know a beautiful woman syndrome <laughs> okay let me explain so you know if uh, maybe beautiful man syndrome although i don't think we get as much as a, f- a free pass not we as in, like i'm in that group i'm not sort of saying like us beautiful men, us. Uh, you know what i experience <laughs> on a daily basis i'm not saying that um as in men but you know if a good looking woman maybe a good looking man as well just you can kind they go through life kind of not really getting tested you know like they did this experiment where they got this uh girl you know model girl dressed her up on her heels and her jeans and her nice little what a top <laughs> you know clothes sounds, sounds, yeah, clothes. sounds like the outfit i had on yesterday right exactly the same uh slightly smaller so they gave her a carry-on suitcase and they gave this other woman a carry-on suitcase who was a heavier set woman and in a train station so they they got the the beautiful modely girl to try pull the case up the stairs and instantly about 10 lads throughout this experience every single time 100 percent of the time lads stopped to help her with her bag up the steps but the heavier set woman uh, who wouldn't be seen as the model type uh no one helped her and that's that's the deal it's the I beautiful woman syndrome you know it's rubbish. right ryan don't believe it don't you, believe you experience it. it on a daily basis i'm sure and um, when you're carrying your bags it. up the suitcase and your heels so Kevin King kind of has that probably to a degree that because of his height and because of the intimidation factor, not saying that he's not a good player, is that he might not have been tested as regularly as he should have been. You don't get away with that in the pros. And that's why, you know, the quarterbacks and and really a player at any position where they seem like they have the perfect fit, the perfect body type for that position, uh, but it just doesn't work. And sometimes the reason that doesn't work is is because they haven't been properly tested and then they get outed when they hit the pros. I mean, Mike Daniels is like the anti-story to that, you know? He was seen as maybe too small, so he went and did wrestling and all the rest of it in high school, built himself up, and through hard graft, ended up becoming that good player. He, You know, he wasn't just given the god-given talent to do it tom brady another famous example where if you look at him standing on the scales for the draft like he just looks like a pudgy kind of you know looks like a child yeah Yeah. irish man from days gone by a seven round draft pick or whatever and he comes in and has to prove himself again sometimes to go through that grit makes you better than if you were to just sort of you know everything sizes up and you were to get it get it easy so kevin king's you know he's got a lot of learning to do there's an awful lot of training opportunities there um 
but the fact is, is that he has all the tools he just needs to be able to use them now one thing that I yeah. read into him though Ron I don't know if you noticed this his body language seemed off so he would give, he gave up that really long pass that reception uh, down the sideline and it was weird it was like he expected the guy to start to step out I don't know who the Eagles wide receiver was he expected him to step out so you see him pulling off the gas and then the receiver doesn't because he's just giving him a move and then continues for another two three yards and then you can see King sort of rearing up to go again and then he steps out eventually because I think a safety comes over but you know King after that he looks around and you can see him opening up his palms to somebody to say like what was that about you know kind of and I was thinking you might think you have help over the top but you know when it happens first yeah. off you know the, i mean i don't know who he was defending it's not as if he was coming up to another uh receiver or a tight end or whatever it looked like that he that still should have been just his number one guy and let him run on a bit yeah these are the things that i'm talking about that, that, that you learn playing and that you need experience to learn playing that maybe you haven't always got help over the top maybe you know sometimes it's just on you um you don't know what i mean i, I didn't watch a great deal of um Washington State, I believe his team was, wasn't it? So I, I never saw them a great deal until we got to sort of the bowl games. Um, so I don't know what kind of system they were playing on defense, but it probably isn't similar to what we do at Green Bay. So he needs to go through this this bit of, of sort of catching up and, and learning what he's doing. And that is what the preseason games are for. That is why, as much as people question, how do we really need this many preseason games? This is what they're there for. It's for, it's for guys that need to learn the NFL as opposed to college. Mm. And it's for guys that people said, you know, don't have a shot of making it to come in and prove themselves. So that's why I kind of believe that the four NFL uh, preseason NFL games are, are are absolutely worth playing. And, and, it, and it will help King and it will help many other players on the way. Yeah, I mean, depending on what position you are as well. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson... Like, I suppose some of the main starters have been criticized in the past, especially when they come out week one and we see kind of a rusty performance or something that's not quite there. You know, I think as fans, you still have the very strong memories of how the season ended and you see the chemistry, but that's built up over 16, 17 weeks. You know, it goes into the playoffs um, when you're the Packers, not when you're the Bears. So, you know, you see that chemistry and you kind of expect that just to still be there. But the lads are rusty. They've taken time off. They've done an awful lot of, you know, work in the gym. They need to loosen up a bit. We know that the the type of reps and stuff that you're doing in the gym drop. Don't we all? Yeah, I know. Uh, drop a bit when you when you go into playing time because they don't want to sort of ruin their bodies during the regular season. But the preseason is very important for certain positions. One of those people that it's very important for is Brett Hundley. I felt he played really, really well. Had that interception in the centre of the field. But Ryan, he looked like he was really fitting into the system now and in fact I kind of want to talk about all the quarterbacks Joe Callahan impressed the balls off me uh, Taysom Hill as well and that two minutes really you kidding me what was he four for five I think at the end of the day uh, went and down. the lead in Russia for the Green Bay Packers on that night but it was um, it was interesting as well uh, <laughs> yeah but do you know what like he's known for doing it he played for BYU and Jamal Williams apparently was on the sideline and said it was like nostalgia. It was like it all came coming back to him because the two of them played together in BYU. And uh, Jamal Williams was like just smashed all types of records in BYU and Taysom Hill being the quarterback. Now, I'd never yeah. heard of this guy. I won't lie. I'm not big into college ball. And I probably remember a name like Taysom. Um, so he, he did really well like with his legs. He's known for being a runner. So he had two, broke off two big runs and four for five, ending up um, in the end zone then with Clark, I believe. Uh, so they were fantastic. Yeah. But Brett Hundley, Ryan, Played really, really well. And I'm going to pick out one play and then tell me tell me in the fans what you thought of him. Is that there was a play where he kind of dropped his shoulder to, to make a pass. Completely fooled uh, the safeties and DBs and went the opposite way. That, you know, it was a kind of mature play that he ripped off. And I think that was the touchdown pass then to Jeff Janis, who I was impressed with as well because A, he ran a really good route, hit the juke, hit the stop move, then went down to the corner of the end zone. And Brett Hundley really put that thing on a dime. He didn't sort of throw it right to the very corner, which is what, you know, I instinctively, well, not that I'd be playing in the NFL, but that I would do to try and make it safe. He took the risk knowing that Jeff Janis was going to be where he should have been, put some juice on the ball, and Janis fair play to him came down with it, and it was a fantastic touchdown, a great set piece. Yeah. So I think with Hundley, one of the commentators said that um, he's essentially proving... You know he's he's going to prove himself. He will be playing football somewhere else next season. Yeah. Um, and he's certainly good enough to be. I would say a starter on maybe a handful of teams. Um, 
certainly the Jets, they're in a complete rebuild mode. They're going to need somebody mm. who knows what's happening at Cleveland. Cleveland have certainly got a hell of a lot of picks to make that team something to really contend with over the next couple of years. If they could bring in somebody like uh, Hundley, why, why wouldn't you want a quarterback that's had the chance to learn from um, not only McCarthy and the coaches at Green Bay and the great job they do with quarterbacks, but also get the chance to learn from Aaron Rodgers, much like Aaron Rodgers had the chance to, once Brett Favre sort of accepted it, learn from Brett Favre. Um, so, you know, he could be a real good player. I, I had funny, uh, read something quite funny, though, about the, you mentioned his pick, which I think was picked off by Kendricks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is brilliant. I'm guessing in Philly, I don't follow the Philadelphia Eagles that closely, as you can probably imagine. They're not particularly an interesting team. Uh, really, Ryan? But they're, they're like the 1996 Packers, though. Well, I kind of wanted to bring that up as well. Yeah, that that was sort of blown out of the water. He did backtrack, though, and said they had the potential to be like, still not sure. As does um, everybody. But, <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? as does any team in the NFL. But the best thing about the Kendricks one is one of the Philadelphia uh, newspapers, or, um, yeah, I think it was a newspaper online, said uh, they gave him the award. They, they basically gave out 10 awards for the night, right? And they gave Michael Kendricks the award of um, improved his trade value award. Oh, my God. <laughs> Simply by getting one interception. So I'm guessing he's not looking long-term at being an Eagle or the Eagles are not looking long-term at having Kendricks on the team. Yeah. But I did think it was a particularly interesting award to win. I uh, don't know if it's one that he'll hang in his trophy cabinet, but... Um, yeah, Hundley looked look, Hundley looked good, um, but actually I was most impressed with Callahan, and actually the way that Callahan played uh, at times mirrored Aaron Rodgers, mm, and I actually yeah. think that this is a guy now where if Hundley, if somebody was to come in and do a bit like the Vikings did with Bradford, very different. Bradford was kind of proven, um, whereas Hundley, like I said, is only proven on preseason. But if somebody was to have that sort of situation where they were coming and take Hundley this year, I'd be okay with that because I think Callahan can do can take on that backup role, and he looks very very decent. Well, two things stood out for me, and I think both of them went to Max McCaffrey. But do you see him throwing on the run? He rolled mm-hmm. off to the right and threw on the run. And I swear to God, if I hadn't seen the six on the jersey, I would have swore it was number twelve. Absolutely fantastic, especially as well when he was a bet. I think he 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 did a three or four step back. He looked left, mm. um, had a guy come to take him. He then span round, rolled out right, and then hit the guy, as you say, on the run. Yeah. Um, sort of, you know, he seems to shape up the same, play play it the same way. I mean, we're not at any point saying that Joe Callahan is now as good as Aaron Rodgers. It's not what we're saying. But he's clearly watched and learned from Aaron Rodgers. Mm. And he that, that, that's what makes me feel okay if Hundley leaves. Um because Joe Callahan looks perfectly capable of being the backup for the Green Bay Packers. Because people did balk at the fact that we had Hundley and then we brought on Callahan and now we've Taysom Hill. Like people were sort of wondering because we saw it online. They were like, "What? What are they even doing with all of these quarterbacks?" I mean, what the hell? And you're kind of thinking, "Look, because we all know the trade value of quarterbacks has gone absolutely bananas." If you look at what happened in Chicago uh, with Glennon. And then you look at the, you know, the amount of picks and, and all the rest that people are giving away to try to get Jimmy Garoppolo as well, who's in New England as a backup. And he's untested, you know, they, and they say that because it's a parallel run, isn't it right? Because Garoppolo sitting behind Tom Brady, he's had a bit of playing time. He had one or I think it's one, maybe one and a half games before he got injured, a shoulder injury, I believe, uh, when Tom Brady had that suspension. He looked good. But then, uh, obviously, Brissett came in. Jacoby Brissett came in and won yeah. a game. So you kind of yeah. think, you know, is Garoppolo really that good? Whereas Hundley's, you know, kind of similar, kind of mirrors it. Sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. And like you rightly point out, like these quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers did his apprenticeship behind Brett Favre. And all of these boys are doing it behind Aaron Rodgers. And from what we hear, Aaron Rodgers is really helping out these guys. And did you see his reaction when Taysom Hill got his touchdown in the two-minute drill? It was like, whatever, 12 seconds left to go in the game. And when he went in for the touchdown, Aaron Rodgers was looked genuinely delighted, fist pumping and all the rest. Because I feel like Aaron Rodgers has nothing to lose, right? I mean, he says that he wants to play in Green Bay for the next eight or nine years. Brett Favre then came out and said, why only leave it at eight or nine years? Like, why only play till you're 40? Like, go 45, you know, which is maybe something he's showing his hand as if maybe that's what he wanted to do. And believe Mm -hmm. me, he probably could have done it. He looks probably in better shape than he did now at the end of his career. Uh, So Aaron Rodgers is going to be there for the long run. So... 
I mean, why wouldn't he teach the young guys? Because he knows his job is not a threat and it, it suits him better to have them trained up. And I don't know about you, Ryan, but do you feel that Aaron Rodgers... I know this is kind of the gossip column style stuff, but I, sometimes there can be a lot to do with it. Do you feel that Aaron Rodgers has better body language? He's on Instagram now. He's sharing selfies. He's giving away tickets on Instagram. He's, you know... I know he's buying his offensive line stuff and he's, he's always done that, but it just... You know, it, he just seems more fun or something more lighthearted. He's not taking it so seriously because that's the one criticism that we saw come out from these bitter ex-players, right? That he took himself too serious. Yeah, and the problem is with the, with the likes of the ex-players. I mean, they let's take Greg Jennings for example. Now, I have I've lost most respect, most of my respect for him. Still love him as what he did as a Green Bay Packer when he was playing. But the things he says now and stuff he comes out with that he can't do. You know I mean, he just needs to be quiet basically, um, because I think most Green Bay Packers fans are getting tired of him talking. Uh, Jermichael Finley went through a bit of a period of talking, um, although he tends to be more on the point. Um, he tends to have a better point to make, uh, whereas obviously Jennings just seems to be quite bitter. Um, but you have to wonder if maybe, because the, there, there does feel like there's a different attitude there for sure, and, and, and does it have anything to do with personal life? Obviously, He's got rid of one lady. He may be dating another. Who knows? And maybe that's had something to do with it. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to look too much into that. But um, I think I think you, you've got a point there. And it'd be interesting to see if that continues into the season. Because usually he shuts down most of his social media when the season starts. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, he, he's, he, he's just fine. And hopefully, as you said, he's around till he's 40-something years old. But while we're talking quarterbacks, I've got an interesting stat for you. Go on. Out of the four top rushers against the Eagles, three of them were quarterbacks. Taysom Hill was top, yeah. Joe Callahan was the third, and Brett Hundley was the fourth. And the only guy stuck in between him was Jamal Williams with four carries for a whopping 14 yards, which even by my maths is an average of three and a half. But let, let's talk overreaction then, because this is what I read online. Someone says, Ty Montgomery might have already lost the starting job. Jamal Williams comes in. And I'm like, oh, hold on. Jamal Williams didn't exactly tear it up with his four carries for 14 yards. Going by that theory of whoever it was that said that, going by that theory, and I am going to overreact to the running game here. I, I'm not particularly pleased with what we saw. But going by that guy's theory, surely every single running back lost their job that night. <laughs> they all get cut the next day. Do you know what I mean? So Jamal Williams is four carries for 14 yards. The next actual running back, Calif Phillips, three carries for four yards. Jesus. And this is the best bit on that. Three carries for four yards with an average of 1.3, with his longest rush being 10 yards. So try and work out what happened on the other couple of carries. God, must have got stuffed a bit. Yeah. So Ty Montgomery shows us three carries for no yards longest of five mm. he also had a uh, fumble if i remember yep aaron jones had a couple of carries no yards had a longest of one so we obviously lost yards and the other running back that got to go was a uh, william standback yeah uh, which you know turns out the defense weren't standing back and they uh they stopped him quite easily so yeah there you go there's a nice way to bring it from quarterbacks to running backs you top four rushers against the philly eagles were tate Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Joe Callahan, Brett Hundley. So let's talk running game. Yeah, well, look, it makes sense kind of on the night that these quarterbacks are, are going to be doing a bit of running because you can kind of look at inexperience for some of this as well. Like, Brett Hundley's going to be doing his audition and he's going to want to throw the ball as much as he can to show that he's not scrambling for his life because he can't make a read. He wants to make that pass, which is what kind of forced, I think, uh, that interception when he was making that, you know, pass in the middle of the field there into the slot mm-hmm. uh, which can I stop and mention as well that Marty B got his first pass from Hundley and it was on a play exactly like that where there was a defender draping off him and he still brought it down I think it was a third third down conversion as well uh, which yeah. was pretty sweet but anyway back to the run game so I think Ryan why we're seeing that is is because you know the more inexperienced quarterbacks now I know Taysom Hill is known for doing it as I said earlier 
but it's that they don't see someone open they're not willing to make that throw they're not capable so they just set off running and that's how that happens but yeah we did get stuffed a lot i don't know what the reason is for that whether you can look at the o-line not breaking open the the lanes whether you know the sort of running plays that they were calling were up the middle the funniest one was uh steinbach's run where the commentator was like oh just picking up a couple of yards oh no way they didn't pick up anything i thought they'd give him something no we didn't get anything at all <laughs> it's kind of like a, all right just <laughs> relax i mean no need to dump on the guy just three times in one set. just desperate yeah yeah desperate to have any rushing yards yeah and like did he not even a few inches no okay it doesn't count okay no. not negative though okay that's positive so does yeah. it worry you though does it worry you the lack of rushing the lack of production at that position well, look, I don't think we can get carried away. I mean, just like the runners, I don't think we should run away with ourselves here. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we might want to and we can, they can't. But I don't think we should get carried away on on a jet. And I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories that, uh, oh, the reason that we didn't uh, crack off some runs was because Mike McCarthy didn't want to show his hand with the run game, you know, because people say that too. I don't think that's the case. Is There's limited snaps to spread around um, and you're dealing with rookie quarterbacks who are, you know maybe they because Packers always do it right first down they try a run doesn't work second down they go for a pass if that works and they pick up short yardage they have to go another pass again if it picks up a good bit of yardage they go run again it just depends on the circumstances and when you're dealing with uh, rookie quarterbacks you know they're, they're probably looking to get these lads to throw the ball around a bit to see because Ryan let's face it I mean I see most of this competition at wide receiver and I think something like 11 targets you know different people caught the ball uh, and even trevor davis wasn't even one of them a wide receiver but he did have that punt return which i know we're going to talk about later i think maybe what they're doing is they're trying to weed out who at wide receiver is the dude they tried some runs and maybe game two game three they might start cranking off some they might just say look let's just focus on the run game now i don't know like are you worried at this stage for real so i suppose earlier in this podcast i did say that preseason games I guess really, really don't matter too much and that we shouldn't worry too much. Um, and it's all about practice and people getting the chance to improve and the chance to make a name for themselves. But it did surprise me that not one of our running backs sort of managed to produce anything. Again, like I said, Jamal Williams was the top one with four carries for 14 yards. You know, is it that, that's, that worries me. Um, now, you could say that Philly had a good run defense because we'll certainly say that about Green Bay. Our run defense that night shut down some very good running backs. You know, LeGarrette Blunt, um, previously of the Patriots. Uh, Corey Clement, obviously Wisconsin Badgers, uh, rookie guy there. Um, you know, we shut those guys down. Uh, we but, but both teams came out of that game with 47 yards rushing. So it obviously just wasn't going to be a game where anybody really wanted to rush the ball. But it did. It certainly did. I would say I'm concerned because of how much we invested in the position. Um, you know, we, we've we got a number, quite a number of guys, obviously, on, on the scoring total. Um, but the amount of draft picks we took, uh, you know, I, I would say at this point I'm concerned about it because I feel like if Green Bay can fix the run game and even get a half a half-decent secondary to perform this year, then we can go Super Bowl. Yeah, because I feel like that was the difference last year. You know, we couldn't really get a consistent... We, we did okay, but we could have had a better run game. You know, and if you look around at some of the teams like... Um, okay, he's just been banned for six games, but Zeke Elliott. You know, you took a, You look at uh, the, the guy up even at the Bears. Uh, is he Jordan Howard? Yeah. You know, you look at these types of backs, you just think, that's that's what we want. There's a guy who just give the ball to and he runs, 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 mm. right? We haven't had that for some time. And then we invest heavy in the position. And this is this is the overreaction bit, so I get it. Set, set off a few overreaction alarms right now. But after one preseason game, I'm concerned that we didn't produce a, a damn thing rushing, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think if the coaching staff was super concerned, what they would have done was they would have probably played Ty more, just leave him in there for, for longer. Uh, bring in Jamal Williams because we see that he's the one that's really pushing Ty for the job. Leave him in there for longer. But, you know, these lads are coming out with four carries. So, I don't know. It, there's probably a mixture of, you know, not wanting to leave them in or not wanting to expose them to injury, but also trying to see who can do it on game time positions. It's probably one of those where it's it's ties to lose. Jamal comes in second and they're just going to go into the season regardless who cares because the problem with it is is kind of 
were too potent of an offense with Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, now Marty B, Lance Kendricks, Richard Rogers to a degree. You know, and then of course like Max McCaffrey apparently is running unbelievable routes and he's always, always open in training camp. So, you know, and Ryan, arguably he's behind Trevor Davis. Well, not even arguably, he is behind Trevor Davis. Maybe at wide receiver, but certainly Trev is going to... He's possibly... Yeah. Yeah, this is the thing. He's possibly also behind the two rookie guys that were picked up. Possibly. You know, the only... The advantage he'll have is that he spent last season pretty much on the practice squad with the Packers. So, I mean, I really like the guy because his jersey is my favourite number and I've been waiting so long to get a 13 Packers jersey. And I think the last guy that wore it was Vince Young, possibly, uh, for that little experiment. So it'd be great to get McCaffrey on the roster. He's a hell of a long shot. But this is the thing, isn't it? This is where preseason can be very misleading because Max McCaffrey, when he got his shot last night, looked like an unbeatable player. Yeah, very, very long shot to make the roster. So maybe that's it then. You know, maybe they just have too much competition at wide receiver to go with running back. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but... I feel like you still need both to have a really decent Super Bowl run, you know? But I think this this is the problem when when you're looking at it. Like, just, just you mentioned Taysom Hill again earlier. Yeah, and you said, you know, what a great two-minute run he had. He had a quarterback rating of 158.3. What? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So that was his quarterback rating. Uh, Max McCaffrey has three receptions for 60 yards. Obviously, even with my maps, that's a 20-yard average. You know, so these guys can all look really, really good in the third and fourth quarters of games in preseason because, you know, they're playing against equally. Well, it's equal opposition. Yeah, let's say that much. So they yeah. still got to perform. But when it comes to them making the team and so on, they're still a long shot. But certainly these guys, Max McCaffrey didn't do anything to hurt himself. Uh, D'Angelo Yancey didn't do anything to sort of hurt his stock on the team. Um, you know, that's there were some good-looking players out there. There were some good-looking players. Um, certainly, running game wasn't one of them. I thought receiver did well. The quarterbacks all looked well that played. Run defense was very good. Secondary, need to get them on the field more. Need more practice there. Morgan Burnett, I thought, was unbelievable. Um, I thought he did really well playing in all of these new positions that he's got. In the nitro. Uh, but he worried me, Ryan. Uh, Morgan Bennett worried me. He missed a good few tackles. Mm. I think, though, I wonder if with the tackles, because there was actually quite a lot of tackles, I think, missed on both sides of the ball. Would that be fair? Yeah, like the, the from... I don't know what article I read it in, but they said that there was four alone missed by the first team on the first series. And then three on that one play that resulted in the Philadelphia touchdown. Yeah, so I think I think there was missed tackles all over. And I think the, probably the difference is... And if any of you have watched any footage from training camp, you'll notice that when the defensive players are playing against the offensive players, they simply get close enough to touch them or wrap them up, even in pads. Nobody's going through anybody. Nobody's going to hit anybody. Okay, and that's great because the offensive players don't get injured, but it's not good for the defensive players learning, learning, well, you know, getting back into tackling, getting back into being physical. That you learn from being in the preseason games. So I think there will be missed tackles during the preseason games, and I don't know that that necessarily then means we're going to have a year of missing every tackle on the field. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, and the only thing I will say about it, if you're missing tackles, you were there to make it in the first place. So as long as you shore up that fundamental, well then you put the guy down, and that's the positive. It's different if you're just you know the guy's in open field and he just blazing 10, 15 yards off you, which we mm-hmm. kind of saw with King. But one thing that sort of shocked me about the touchdown was is that the the Philadelphia player went through two of our players with a strong arm and he shrugged off King and that was embarrassing actually to watch because King managed to get feebly kind of two hands on him and he was slapped away and that's what worries me about King to a degree and I sort of I don't know if I said that even in the pod but I know like me and you you know talk Packers 24-7 together anyway but I had said it before that he does look a bit skinny Ryan doesn't he and you did I think we said that before and you highlighted how he put one of the guys down during that game but he looks like he could do a bit more time in the weight room get up a bit of bulk maybe because he's going to be dealing with a totally different breed of animal now in the NFL I think I th- yeah I, I think you'll see something very different in the next couple of games um, from from everybody on D because you have people that 
you know, they're getting the chance to hit again and getting that feeling back. And you just don't do that in training. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, unless you have one of these joint training sessions, which I think uh, we've seen this week, was it the, the Rams and the Chargers ended up in like a 30-40 man brawl. So they're not a great idea either. Um, so I think it's just part of that. It's just part of pre-season. But um, come on, who, who, else, who else impressed you? Because uh, I know we've been talking special teams all year. Uh, well, all year, all off-season. And we seem to talk it all off-season, all the time. So is there anybody there that impressed you? I know Vogel looked all right to me. Yeah, he looked good. And uh, was it Steve Sparks, maybe, uh, on Twitter, has just saying that, you know, the fact that the Eagles player muffed the punt isn't going to be the only one that we're going to see this season because Vogel is able to put that backspin on the ball. And apparently yeah. he's got great positionally, but also puts that spin on it to make sure that if you do end up uh, sitting underneath it that it's not a sure thing I thought he was pretty good uh, the, the kicking units back on track and that's one story that's really pissed me off this off season you know they had an off night on family night they weren't in sync it wasn't working you're dealing with two undrafted rookies and all of a sudden that's all people are banging on about now we're going to get on to Brett Good later but I was really impressed by Trevor Davis um, you know he's. it looks like he's really trying to make that effort first off obviously to make the team He's probably not going to make it at wide receiver. Although he's making a better shot for it now. But he's definitely going to be the punt return, kick return man, I would say. Ryan, he just switched to a second gear. I thought it's not just because of his speed. And I hate when people say that because speed is one thing. Jeff Janis is really fast, but that doesn't mean he's going to be able to run the ball out. But the Packers do look like that they're going for speed instead of tact uh, to a large degree by maybe potentially pulling Randall Cobb from the returns. And we saw Jeff Janis and Jeff Davis uh, go and go, or Jeff Davis, Trevor Davis, uh, go to return the ball. And the one that he returned was just ridiculous because it looked like he might have been caught and then just switched to a second gear, kind of like what Don Hudson used to do back in the day and went into the end zone. And again, he was unlucky as well because he nearly got away with a second one. Uh, He was only tackled, I think, just barely knocked by the angles and had to go out then off the off the sideline and uh, looking looking really really fresh that's who I was impressed by not to mention and it's not special teams Marwin Evans I thought had a they talk about having a game and he looked like he was really enjoying his football yeah I thought Evans looked decent uh, he had seven combined tackles uh, one interception I can't remember who it was intended for maybe you know and, yeah, and a pass deflected oh, okay so yeah he, he just seemed to show up time and time again so is that the guy if we're talking of maybe a one of the unexpected guys let's say that impressed you is he one of the guys that impressed you the most i think so like second year and he did make the 53 man roster uh last season we only saw him on special teams though and he was kind of anonymous um mm-hmm. you know but really good because there's an awful lot of talk about josh because that's what i think we we lose in the draft we lose our heads a bit because josh jones comes in and people are like oh josh jones gonna make the squad this guy watch out for this guy he's he's unbelievable and we kind of forget about the guys that have been grinding all year long and he's one of the guys ryan that has been grinding all year long and just he was around everything but let look let's get away from marvin evans who on the team like be it special teams now or be it anybody else that stood out to you and kind of surprised you on the night yeah i like joe thomas now i did say on a previous podcast you know watch out for reggie gilbert i thought he could be a quiet guy that'd make it and i, and I get it joe thomas is not a, a one of the sort of the unheard of guys he was probably third on the depth chart at inside linebacker last season yeah but i just thought he had quite a nice game um he had, he had you know four tackles um an interception and i just thought he did well and, and obviously inside linebacker is a position to an extent where any of Martinez, um, Joe Thomas, or uh, Jake Ryan, uh, you could have Clay Matthews coming inside. There's probably other guys. Jordan Tripp is another one. You know, he came on the team late last year. Mostly sp- played special teams. He's about he he he's playing. He could be in there with a shout. But it's I feel like it's one of the positions that's kind of open for grabs for anyone that wants to impress at that at that place. So I thought he did a nice job. Um, as you said, Vogel, I thought, did did pretty well after his first punt. Um, I'm trying to think who else sort of stood out really for us. It's, it's difficult because you see so many players, don't you, in and out. McCaffrey, I thought, did nice when he was in the game. Mm. Uh, as said, sort of Yancey did well. But, you know, each of them only got three receptions, so it's always kind of hard to, to sort of really tell. Um, Josh Hawkins is another guy, if you're looking for a quiet guy that did well. He's another guy that did 
did okay. Um, but yeah, very hard to tell because everybody's very much on a small sample size, you know, uh, and and it, it's difficult. But th- there was a lot of good in there was a lot of good in that game. Um, wasn't all bad. Uh, there was just like I said, the only thing that really concerned me, uh, maybe missed tackles. But I think like I said, that that's related to the fact that nobody's tackling in training camp and a lack of run game just because we invested so heavily in it. So they're the, they're the things I want to see improve for next week. Yeah, and I'd say the missed tackles are probably going to be league-wide. Um, and as well as that, like preseason, nobody wants to get injured. It's probably sort of a gentleman's rule that you don't go in too hard. But someone who didn't get that memo was Trey Sullivan <laughs> of the Eagles, who decided yeah. that he just wanted to smash Max McCaffrey and knock him into next week. Uh, and the same at Malachi Dupree. So Max McCaffrey was that late hit and again there was debate online as if anyone cares uh, about the keyboard warriors that said there's no way that he could have pulled out of course if he slow it down he's like oh that's a late hit but in the heat of the moment if he caught the ball it would have been a great not great tackle but he absolutely creased Maliki Dupree and he had to be stretchered off brought to a hospital then and done a few tests on so he was tweeting later that night so obviously he was lucid enough but that highlights, Ryan, the injuries really on the night. So we had Demarius Randall go out, Don Barkley went down, Kentrell Bryce went out, I, I believe, with a finger injury. Uh, Rayshon Pringle is out, and then Malika Dupree, who got that concussion. Now, you know, I, I saw this article, what was it, acmepacking.com maybe, who came out and said, oh, you know, the injuries are really, these ones are serious and really worrying for the Packers. I can think of, not really, you know, because we have this cornerback battle uh, with Demarius Randall, not saying that he won't be missed, but it's certainly a player that's going to have to come back and try to prove himself. Uh, Don Barkley, who people used to get pissed off and not be impressed by anybody, anyway. Now, we know that we need that cover, um, but, you know, it's a bit rich that people are saying oh, you know, this is a crazy loss when really, you know, they do nothing but criticise the guy. Uh, Kentrell Bryce really liked to do it, you know, hard-hitting, but as we've seen from Marwin Evans coming through, Rayshon Pringle, Maliki Dupree, what is he, a seventh-round pick, not even tacked on to make the roster. So I don't think anyone should be losing their heads just yet right now. Um, but, you know, this is always the worry with preseason, right, that you're going to pick up injuries to maybe some absolutely yeah. key players. And, and that's why, obviously, you see some of your top key players not playing. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, you know, nobody wants to get a finger in a game of football. Um, sorry, a finger <laughs> injury. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, the, the one that concerns us most, obviously, is Demarius Randall. Um, and I know there's a, a certain fan out there maybe listening that will be particularly concerned. Mm. Um, but yeah the, the thing is though I've kind of got and now this is not going to be popular I've got a little bit of sympathy for Trey Sullivan why? for this reason that he's going out there trying to prove himself he's trying to get on a roster he's trying to stay on a roster he's you know I don't know where he is on their depth charts but you can kind of understand why these things happen and quite often it usually happens with the guys in the third and fourth quarter with these types of things so they just get pumped up. They've got their chance to get out on the field and they want to get noticed and they want to make a big hit. They want to make something happen. And certainly if you're on defense, you can't do that by, you know, a receiver can go out there, run a great route, beat his coverage, make a touchdown. That's how you get noticed. If you're a defensive player trying to get noticed, usually it's going to be by interception, pass deflected or just lighting somebody up. So I have... If I could stand back and not be a Green Bay Packer fan for a second and be a neutral, I have a bit of sympathy for what happened. He was probably way too hyped up. He was trying to get noticed. He's trying to get on a team. And I don't think there was probably any real malice in it. I don't think he went out there to hurt anybody. I just think he was maybe he was looking after number one, essentially. And, and that's where I think I've got the sympathy for him. Yeah, I don't. I think he's a knob. But Fair to get enough. away from knobs and uh, onto something good, Brett Good resigned. Happy days. Yeah, well, it's uh, not great news, is it? But it's good news. So <laughs> uh, we can do yeah. this all night. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, it certainly gives a you know a good locker room feeling, um, and uh, I think he's a, he's a good guy to have on the roster, uh, and it's good to have competition battle at the position. Yeah, because they're still keeping heart in that position but Ryan I read that and it's shocking Good last year signed a one year deal and there's a minimum salary I think for the amount of experience that you have in the NFL so his deal was worth 885 grand but I read in it that it only counts for 600 grand of the salary cap which is weird uh, so Hart is due to make 465 grand 
So, I mean, that's only a difference of, you know, 150-odd grand. So, you know, for a player of Good's experience and how it would settle down Mason Crosby's nerves to a degree when he's coming out because and someone who can go yeah. oh well I don't think he's nervous he is because Mason Crosby came out and said oh look maybe I was overthinking the whole operation look we were just at a sink on family night we're back to normal now and you know I needed not have been sort of worrying about it because when we had Mason on the podcast that's one thing that he did say because the number one thing that you're going to ask a kicker is is how do you deal with that pressure you know that you have to go out and you have to make that kick especially if it's like over 45 yards you're kind of worried about it and he was like, no, process stays the same. As long as I go out and go through my steps and do it, it's very mechanical, um, you know, to account for the wind and all the rest. But it's the same process, put the ball down, you know, snap, hold, kick, good. You know, and that's the kind of thing. It's sort of, it was telling to hear Mason Crosby as accomplished as he is and what a record-breaking season that he had last year is still nervous about it. Do you think this is going to be a legit competition in training camp between good and hard or are they just... You know, because they're hardly going to bring him back and not sign him, right? No, I think what you see is it's uh, probably this is the writing on the wall for Hart, and he'll probably be released as soon as they've got somebody else to join the roster. Um, the obviously Brett Goode's come in and taken the spot of Latroy Garn, who was cut. Uh, was it was it earlier this last week? Yeah, or earlier this week. Um, so he comes in and takes that spot. I think uh, this probably probably the end of the road for Hart, if I'm honest. Because why bring him back if you think that you can? work there no, nobody's gonna bring in a genuine competition battle at long snapper um they let one of the wide receivers or running backs go and said no we're gonna have two long snappers this season <laughs> yeah. no i think unfortunately for Hart, um if they brought him back it's probably writings on the wall and as soon as they found out somebody else that they want to take that 90th roster spot um i i, I think Hart's probably going to be the guy that gets cut yeah, and I think they kind of got spooked as well because the New York Jets tried out Good last week. So when right. you see him potentially being picked up and you see some, you know, rocky stuff happening on special teams, as we said, it's the absolute story of the offseason. Well, then you're going to want to bring him back. So I feel kind of bad for Good, though, right? Because he comes onto the team, then he gets let go. And then uh, who was it that got signed again? Uh, Rick Lovato, I believe, was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not right. That could be. Sounds like a famous wrestler as well, but I'm pretty sure his name was Rick Lovato. They no, sign him, cool. he gets injured, and then they bring Good back again. So, uh, Good, long snapper for eight, nine seasons, 2008 to 2016, 142 regular season games, 14 playoffs. And there was something insane. Like, I don't know whether it was the last year that he played, or I don't know what it was, but that he never muffed or botched a, a long snap almost in his career it was almost the stat was almost Mourinho-esque you remember when he had that crazy stat where he's never lost a game at home in eight years or something it was that unbelievable that you I think yeah he's never lost a game on a Sunday as well or something dumb like that really yeah it's another one I heard today that's nuts but yeah so Goo kind of has that so something nice and settling anyway for special teams because the last thing you want is for uh, you know the special teams to be at a sink because once a kicker loses his head like do you see that Aguayo for yeah. Tampa Bay Bucks, what did they sign him the second round or something like that last year and he was absolutely atrocious and he missed two uh, field goals during preseason they can really get into a kicker's head no yeah I think you're absolutely right and I think probably to an extent like continuity is one of those things as well like once you just know each other and you, and you really get used to each other then it's a hell of a lot less things you have to worry about and there's probably a little bit of that there um, don't worry I don't think at any point uh, you know, Mastay's phone's going to start ringing at home. I think Vogel's probably okay because he's doing all right as a punter, so they're going to make that bit work. But certainly Brett Good can come in there and bring some experience. Um, and I think he'll be starting in the first week. Yeah, so, you know, it wasn't a bad. We got we got a few turnovers. Marwin Evans, good uh, performance. Brett Hundley did well. So did all the quarterbacks. Jeff Janis running some good routes. Malika Dupree proved. Max McCaffrey proved something on the night. D'Angelo Yancey. Um, led the Packers four catches 67 yards so he did well Michael Clark again unfortunately not someone that you're going to see make the roster but ended up pulling that uh, Taysom Hill pass down in the end zone to put the score to 24-7 is Ratton Elston on the preseason Rhino? No I think that, that kind of rounds it all up the, the only thing I will say even me I've got to remember at this point it is just a preseason game and it's the first one of them mm. so let's all keep our heads um, and, and you know next week hopefully we see some improvement in the areas that that sort of lacked a little bit this week um but i think just just to 
round up. Matt Kersey has sent a, a comment in on, on Twitter that, that might help us wrap up the preseason and then we can move on. And he says he wants our way too early standout and way too early disappointment <laughs> of, the, uh, of the season. I quite like that. So I think we have already touched on that. So you've probably got two guys in mind. Hmm. Uh, so let's have your way too early standout player. Oh, the way too early standout who's going to end up in Canton by the time it's all finished is Marwin Evans. Uh, Marwin Evans, I thought so. The second yeah. coming of Ryan Leaf is probably going to be Kevin King. You know, I think that's it. I think he's going to get caught by next week. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ronna? Oh, dear. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to go uh, my way too early standout Pro Bowl linebacker in uh, in, <laughs> in 2018, right. uh, Joe Thomas. Oh, yeah. Uh, is who I'm going. And then my way too early disappointment um, will be every single running back on the roster. Oh. Um, you know, obviously they're at risk of being cut tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. And Taysom Hill being put in there to be the yeah, new Tony yeah. Montgomery. Bring in Taysom as a running back. So yeah, why not? <laughs> um, so yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, guess what just happened? Oh. Let, let's talk about it live as well, just because you mentioned it. Aguayo, or whatever his name is, that you were just talking about only a few minutes ago, has just been clear, claimed by the Chicago Bears. Oh, of course he has. <laughs> of course oh he my has. God. <laughs> the Bears, the team that just keep on giving, isn't it? Jesus. Are you serious? It. Yeah, yeah, it's just flashed up on my phone now. I didn't even know so, he got caught. Yeah, Aguayo was cut. That's now a... he's been picked up by the Bears. So, uh, another one. Um, probably probably loosely still the game, but getting off, off topic. Uh, John Baker on Twitter. He said, uh, since Vogel looked outstanding, what's his equivalent to Strum for Shum? And we had a few suggestions the other week, and he's, uh, he's certainly got a few on here which are good. Yodel for Vogel. Which yeah. I like. That's kind of European, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is it very Swiss? Yeah. I think. And then uh, this is my favourite one, I think, and this was suggested the other week by somebody, and I can't remember who it was. So tweet us if it was you. But I like this one. Hashtag Lustin for Justin. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that is the one that I think is going to win out. But uh, we can certainly, if we should, we should probably put it out to a poll because we are going to need that hashtag this year. But uh, I did like that. Maybe it's Scotty Mann that keeps coming in with it. We never retweet it because there's some stuff that's all rated, X rated that you can't. But he was risky. saying, you know, where uh, you know the ger- in the German language, the W is a, a V. So for you know weeks, it's Wachen instead of like walking. So he says, yeah. and I gotta put it in my best German accent, Vank for Vogel. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Would you like to hashtag Vank for Vogel? I like it. I like yeah. it. Vank for Vogel. Yeah. And it's Vogel, not a bird. I think it is. I've never heard of a bird called Vogel. No, I think it's a. <laughs> what? I think it's. I think it's the German word for bird instead of. Oh, the German word for bird. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine? Is, is that a wagtail Vogel? Oh. <laughs> a sea Vogel. Is it a Vogel? Is it a plane? No, it's super Vogel. So, where are we doing now? We're going to do some housekeeping. I think um, fantasy leaks. Yep. We can talk about them if you want. Yeah, work away. So, Fantasy Leagues, what we've done is we've reactivated two from last year, the Premier Division. Oh, yeah. Uh, Division 1. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is we've launched a couple of new ones. Division 2 got launched, and for some reason, Division 4, um, which I've just been tweeted, has now filled as well. So, we'll, for, we'll go back and fill Division 3. Um, so, what we're going to do is we're going to keep setting them up um, whilst people want to keep playing them. Um, and I do think, Steve, what we can do this year as well is we're probably, for those who want to do it, and uh, do DM the Twitter group uh, or us, or send us a message on Facebook. I think what we could do is set up a paid, paid um, fantasy league. Yeah. And what we'll probably do, because it's going to be for the ultra-serious people that really want to go for it, we could even take it over onto ESPN.com and do the full defense selections as well as the offense selections. Mm. And I'm thinking if we did, uh, say, we can either do £10 entry and we can have uh, like a signed jersey or something for the winner, yeah. um, or something for second place as well. We could do something like that. Mm. What do you reckon? Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, you only get far in life with really strong D, so I think we should probably do it on an ESPN.com. Yeah. Big penetrating D. Big penetrating so, D. Okay. So, yeah. Got anything else you want to bring up? No. Just make sure you keep uh, 
you know, booking on the trips. So Seahawks, if you're a big spender. Uh, Manchester, if you're in England, cheapest chips, get the plane. If you're in Ireland, cheapest chips, get the plane. Come to Dublin. Come to see me. Rhino, you're booking your flights. You're probably going to stay with yours truly. We get a bit of podcast action going. But one thing I want people to do as well as if they can, because I read the stats that, because we primarily work on Twitter, right? That's kind of our sphere. But there's bad stats on, like, the amount of people using Facebook still. I thought that was just for old people to share pictures of themselves doing CrossFit and, you know, jogging and, and getting themselves fit while I sit down eating cookies all the time. You know, it's, it's more of my older generation of people who are using it for what it should have been used for and having better bodies than I do. But Facebook, through the roof. So we are on Facebook. Uh, we've got a fairly hefty following, 1,373, I think. But do follow us on Facebook and, and get it going there. It's good for banter uh going back and forward on stuff so you know kind of an, an informal forum which is fun to say so facebook.com forward slash uk packers and instagram as well instagram.com forward slash uk packer for some funny pics <laughs> all sounds good yeah so so we'll be back on thursday night this week will we yeah probably will and i don't know if we'll be previewing the pre-season whether it's that business or we're actually going to get around to doing our all-time uk pack team of coaches so there's only going to be a handful in there um vince i don't know my votes in for scooter mclean i mean he did something no other coach could do um, <laughs> he had the worst season in packers history uh which you know he's still he's in the record books but, but come here. his name is scooter so that is a vote yeah no that's a vote that's... for scooter is a vote for yeah, I don't need to work on that. I work on that. And come back to you. Yeah, do cheers. But what we need just to do is is um, two things: is one <laughs> pick hashtag Lusten for Justin or hashtag number two, which is Vank for Vogel. And uh, myself at DDDNFL. Uh, we'll see you next week. So will the group at UK Packers. So will at Ryan Peacock NFL. See ya. Bye. <laughs>